0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Non-Corporate Girls. Before we begin, don't forget to download and subscribe. Take it one step further and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: (laughs) What's up, y'all? We're back to talk to our 9-to-5 and 5-to-9ers. I'm Delilah. And I'm Ayana. We are the Non-Corporate Girls.
0: Two girls who have experienced both spaces and understand firsthand the ebbs and flows of marrying our many passions and disrupting the status quo.
1: We do this with our podcast, your go-to digital diary filled with content, expert advice, and tangible resources for corporate professionals, entrepreneurs, and the intersection of where they meet.
0: Every episode gives you a dose to help redefine how you pivot in your purpose. So... Are you non-corporate? Tune in.
1: Hey, y'all. We're back for another episode of Non-Corporate Girls. As always, we're so happy for you to join us. And um, I don't even know. Usually I start with a happy Friday Friday. But today is more like a heavy Friday.
0: Yeah. It's a lot going on in the world. Um, today specifically. Um, I don't know, it's a lot. Like, I'm
1: I'm glad I made it here, honestly, <laughs> to this <Yes>. episode. <laughs> I, I am I'm glad you made it here too. And me me too, because you know how we plan for something and then we schedule it. And then the day of, you don't really feel up to it. And I always want to feel up to it. And I noticed that even with plans, like mm-hmm. um, how I feel today, making a plan, the day of the plan, I might feel really different. And yeah. so just forgive me in advance if, if I cancel on some of y'all on certain things. I mean, the next the rest of the year, I I don't think I'm really doing anything except, of course, Phillips' friends Friendsgiving. I'm going to go. Other than that, I I just think I'm like kicking back and I'm plugging. Like, I really don't have the energy to engage and entertain. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think even
0: like Carla posted something recently about like just December, like a dry December. And I'm like, that's me. I'm gonna like, like if you don't hit me up, you will not find me.
1: Like, I'm about to be ghost. Right, 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 right. No, I get you.
0: I need the time. Um. This episode, though, is a special episode. Well, all of our episodes are special, but I feel like we've never really talked about this topic in this way, I guess, so that's why I'm saying it's special, but the title of this episode, episode 111, is Permission to Brag or Nah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I love it. I love it.
0: It's so good. It's so good. Um, So there's a lot I want to talk and unpack with you on this, but- Before we get started, obviously, we need to jump into a positive note. So do you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah. So my positive note is that this past weekend, I was, um, you know, we in wine and pumpkin and apple season. So I was able to spend a day at the winery with my mom and a couple of my good friends. And it was just like, first of all, this weather, I can't, it feels like wrong because we're not in the season of this weather. So I know like this is problematic. But also I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed that I was out in nature like the air upstate is just different. It reminded me of just being on campus back in college because I was not too far from my old school. And um, it was just like the perfect Sunday, like the perfect Sunday. Good wine, good company, good food. And I was home in bed before ten
0: right because that's how you spend the day but can we talk about your outfit though because yes, okay, like this cool. is some
1: rich auntie vibes okay like <laughs> let me tell you so the winery has become like um an unofficial um what's the word um something that you do all the time like annual or oh no like um i like don't know like annual <laughs> um, or not a ritual but like uh i don't know it it's just become a thing okay. um, that I do every year that I look forward to, like, a, a fall activity that I'm excited, okay. You know, I'm excited about. And so for this trip, like, I literally was looking for, like, inspiration of, like, what to wear to the winery because I, I didn't want to be fashionable. Like, I, I knew I wanted to take awesome pictures and
0: yeah. you know, the
1: background and the landscapes. So I was excited. And I've had that hat since, like, forever. But it's such a statement piece. That is a think, statement piece. Yes, and I literally feel like I wear it once a year, and I do it up because I don't wear it the same every time.
0: I loved it. I was like, okay, you out here? I'm with it. Give me but that sounds like it was fun, though. I love going to wineries. I haven't been to one in a minute. Yeah, that one is really
1: nice. It's really good. the The wine was amazing. The food, like, it was just a perfect. And then I picked that specific one because they had a live band um, that played oh. salsa music. So oh. That was different because usually you hear like the alternative rock, like yeah. Like, or like jazz or something like that. This was like a salsa van. And they nice. were so good. Like they were so good.
0: That's awesome. I love that for you.
1: Thanks. It was a perfect Sunday.
0: Okay. Well, my positive note, honestly, I I struggled with what this looks like. And you know, I hate that because, you know, the whole point of us doing a positive note is we want to like kind of like highlight something good because the world is so crummy. But I honestly couldn't find my positive note for the week. And I, I just don't like that feeling, but I will say that a high for me is just my community. Because being able, like you, having friends, having people who are just in your tribe. And I think you've said this like maybe a few episodes back, like even though you're not feeling it and like just having people reach out, people just like, understand. It's just so important. And I, I felt that this week in my low. And so it was really nice, even if people didn't even know, you know, it's just kind of like, it was just a good feeling. And so it's just a reminder that like, your community is so important. And I'm just a, I'm really appreciative of it.
1: No, yes, we, you know, we stand for you. You are, like, <laughs> like, if you're down, is like, what is going on? Because like, you, you help bring us up. So we want you to be always in a good space. And the positive notes are for that type of reflection because every day is not peaches and creams and twenties yeah. and clouds. So it's like almost forces us to dig a little deeper because mm-hmm. there is something to always be like grateful, whether it's like something so, you know, out there has going to a winery, whatever, or like just something that like, you got to sit with yourself and be like, I, I was able to navigate through whatever situation
0: facts and made it here I love that you said that for sure for sure Mm -hmm. all right so switching gears let's get into a hustler spirit um our hustler our first our first focus for a hustler spirit is actually talking about Nicole Kane and I don't know how many I mean obviously she's very popular but for those of you who don't know Nicole Mm -hmm. we've
1: known about Nicole for a long time right she's one of like those um social media vets like you know when the yeah. were still trying to like figure out what it was going to become like she yeah. was one of those first people like trying to make something out of it
0: Yeah, it's so crazy. So, like, just a little backstory. Um, Nicole Kane used to be like the founder of like Nicole Bitchy, right? Like, which was like that Mm -hmm. social platform from way back in the day. And then Mm -hmm. she pivoted (laughs) to the Exo Nicole, which was like a more of an empowerment blog um, website, really focused on women, um, and just it was real positive for a couple of years. Just like the intent behind it, lots of good stories Mm -hmm. articles came out of that. And now she's done another pivot and me and Delilah literally like a couple of days ago was like, did we know this? Like, did we know she had like
1: pivoted? Yes and no. And I will say for the first pivot from Nicole Bitchy to XO Nicole, that was an evolving of her as an individual yeah. as well. So I want to highlight that because sometimes, I mean, we know how rebranding goes and how you keep on pivoting. But, for her, it was like, I'm doing something that no longer serves me, and she let go a big like a big following she's huge, getting a lot of funding, so like to be able to walk away because you know that no longer is like the path that you're trying to take, I feel um you guys should definitely read about her story because it'll resonate with a lot of people when they think like they need to force themselves to stick with something or stick through something because. That's what the people want, but it's not what you want for yourself anymore.
0: Right. And I love that she said she coins herself the queen of career pivots. And like that is so apropos because like every time she pivots, it's like a huge pivot. <laughs> like, right. it's like it's like what? It's like an
1: awakening of a layer of her.
0: Yes. And she's
1: like responding to it. That's what I'm saying. It's you. like an onion. It definitely is. And you have to choose to want to make take that step because right. not everybody answers to their calling. Facts. So her latest pivot,
0: um, and she really did a really beautiful testimonial on Instagram about this, which really like got our attention. But she is now the founder of Happy Flow, mm-hmm. which is a plant-based period relief brand. And like literally we all could use that.
1: <laughs> yes, people who have like really tough periods with which I've had when I was younger, they they've gotten a little bit better. Um, but I know several people who suffer from like really intense periods. And remember when we we were chatting about this? I had to be, like, I guess we didn't know of this transformation of her. Yeah. But I do remember following her story when she was competing to become a bodybuilder. Yes. And so yes. she was heavily doing that. Like that was another evolving, like you know, challenging herself to something she didn't do. So it's like when you think of, you know, how sometimes you think businesses just come out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Then I, in retrospect. Like this was very aligned for her. Like it was, mm-hmm. not, it was, it was just something you had to realize that she should pursue, I guess, for herself.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's such an interesting thing too because. I feel like, and we talk a lot about this, like what does success look like for you, right? Like she's made so many successful brands already. And like for her to decide like, okay, my journey is now moving in a different direction. I need to now do this. It's like, she's starting over again, you know? But it's but she's not though, because she's in a different phase of her life. And so it's just, it's kind of like beautiful to see kind of like how the puzzle pieces go together and how she continues to redefine what that looks like for her.
1: Yes, and how her you know, following, like, either gets to grow with her or yeah. the new people who become new supporters, like, where they enter at, at the journey.
0: Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And so, like, she had, a, like, she capped her testimonial on Instagram with, like, I, what I thought was a beautiful, like, way to just, like, end it. And she was just, like, she wants to remind everyone that she's proof that you can always switch directions and you don't have to be tied to one thing for the rest of your life. Let's continue to break those glass ceilings. I thought that was so powerful because, and I've been thinking a lot about this too, just like in corporate, right? Like Mm -hmm. we all think like, oh, we have a trajectory. You know, people want to be doctors, they wanna be lawyers, they wanna be in marketing, whatever. And it's like they have to continue to rise through those ranks. And it's like, yeah, for sure, do what you need to do. But if at some point in your life, I don't know when that is, you decide. I don't know if I really want to do this anymore, or I don't know if I want to do it quite like this anymore. You actually get to decide and figure that out. Like you don't have to stay on this like path you've created for yourself. Like you get to switch it up because you're creating it. So you get to decide whatever that looks like. And a lot of people feel so beholden to like this one path, even
1: entrepreneurs, right? People are afraid of change. People feel, um, People are afraid to be a beginner at something. I know I suffer at this, like, Mm -hmm. because it's a challenge in having to learn something new and start from the bottom rather than holding on to something that, you know, you've given your time to. Mm -hmm. But we need to stop hitting our heads on on a brick wall. Like, it serves no one, not even ourselves. And the time will pass either way, whether you continue doing something that doesn't serve you or try something new that could be you know, what's actually for you.
0: Right. And it's like, so how would you rather the time be passed, right? Like live your life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, shout out to Nicole um, because she's dope. You know, Delilah and I have been following her journey for quite some time, as I'm sure a lot of her fans have been. And we just wanted to like remind you all that like you you get to change, you get to evolve, you get to figure out what that looks like. You do not have to stick to one path at all and she's literally proof of this so follow her story read up on her if you haven't because it is very fascinating just kind of all of her like career pivots and how she's ended up to where she is today
1: yeah shout out to
0: nicole (laughs) all right switching gears a little bit we did talk a little bit about corporate but um transparency laws for new york city
1: (laughs) yes so they just went in effect i um november 1st and i had heard like talks about this in in previous um I guess, in the last two years, Um, but it didn't go into effect. And also, you know, companies were trying to find loopholes of how to go against it because, you know, it it doesn't help them. Because they don't want to be transparent. (laughs) Correct. And so the whole purpose of this is to help attempt close the gender gap because a lot of us are not having having the discussions where our fellow colleagues are getting paid and When I say fellow colleagues, I mean our male counterparts Mm -hmm. are getting paid way more than us in the same roles um, or even in more junior roles coming in with a starting point that's higher than, let's say, for example, myself that I'm in middle management or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so employees must publish good faith salary ranges for job postings, including the minimum and and maximum pay. The ranges will provide applicants and current employees with more insight into their potential or current employers' compensation practices. So when you go now to apply for a job and you see like the job description at the bottom, there should be a compensation range so that you can see how you measure in the market. Um, You know, of course, it varies with experience where you would fall into that. But for people who already work at the company, can kind of gauge for themselves if they are fitting in in you know in that range as well so it kind of does a due diligence for you as you know making sure you got compensated the way you should for the work that you're contributing but it also puts an onus on employers um to do better
0: Facts. You know, salaries are such an interesting thing because especially as like people of color, right? Mm -hmm. Growing up, we didn't, it was like not, I don't want to say taboo, but like people don't talk about their salaries. You just, it's just not what you do. And so, Yeah. yeah. And so like even just going into like, as we navigate our careers and things like that, like figuring out like, where should you fit, right? Like, what does that look like? And then also feeling like you're working in an environment where your counterparts are getting paid more than you, but you don't even know how to really have these conversations because it's just not something that you're comfortable with or something that we do. And I think like recently people are starting to like, obviously break those glass ceilings where we're talking about salary negotiations. We're talking about women being able to like step up and, you know, confide in each other and understand where they should be. And also doing your research Mm -hmm. and knowing when you're like not being paid what you should be paid and going to the table with that and it's it's a big conversation like even within companies like good companies there's still a gap
1: yes but definitely it's been more improvement where people yeah. are being yeah. more open to discuss it and have the conversations maybe it's a little uncomfortable speaking with it directly within your company but people like you know. People that work for other companies or your friends, mm-hmm. right? the discussions are being more open. If you know you're in a certain industry, I feel like the talks are becoming more, um, more and more.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I'm, I mean, I'm all about transparency, so I feel like we should we should know these things. I also feel like you know, just going back to like that negotiation, like. Remember to always negotiate for yourself because I, I've been guilty of it. A lot of us have been guilty of it where we actually don't and, and depending on the environment or the job. Mm-hmm. And you are always going to be worth more. <laughs> so make sure that you do that. And obviously the most they can say is no, right? But like at least advocate for yourself in that sense. Because no matter what, again, companies will continue to undersell you. Where there are some that do better than others when it's mm-hmm. when it comes to like trying to like meet their employees close that gap. But at the end of the day, it's still a business, right? And so you I'm need to make sure to that you're advocating home. for yourself.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I guess like a good rule of thumb is do not accept the first offer given. I know, guilty. Yes. <laughs> it had it in the past as well. Like yeah. I, don't think I really got confident or even educated enough until my late 20s of mm-hmm. like one negotiation. And still- it's a practice. It is. You got to exercise. Yeah, you have to exercise. Every situation It doesn't look the same on how. And also be open, which we've said in previous previous um, podcast, but I'll repeat it again. Um, negotiations are far beyond monetary. It's salaries, yeah. It, it's so much. You can negotiate literally every term of the contract, whether that's like vacation days, um, maternity and paternity leave um a signing on or signing off bonus, equipment, like it it goes on and on. But again, what makes sense for the role and what makes sense for the industry. So that's where we say like do your research.
0: Facts and also keep in mind your non-negotiables. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people and I think it's hard because when you're first starting out, I feel like you don't really have a good sense of what that looks like for yourself. Mm-hmm. But as you continue to evolve in your career, there's just a lot of things that don't work anymore for you. And so you should be open about that as well. Make sure that the companies that you are going for, especially depending on where you're at in your career as you move up, they're, they're clear about your non-negotiables. And it like Delilah said, it ranges from salaries to everything else. And you want to be clear about that because, once again, advocating for yourself is very important and your worth, right? Like mm-hmm. you are spending how many hours for this job? Correct. So make it make it make sense.
1: Yes, and feel more empowered because with the whole shift of working remote, there's mm-hmm. so much more, um, like, flexibility. And so we've already shown how we can operate with this level of flexibility. Right. So I think more employers are being more open of what a work situation looks like.
0: Facts. Oh, Speaking of employers and work situations
1: today, is, this, today is a rough day. To, yeah. Today is intense and we are not even directly affiliated with Twitter. Um, But we are affiliated in the sense as it pertains to um, the field, the industry, the work that we Mm -hmm. do. Um, I could only imagine if I was in my last company and how internally things would be like mayhem in a sense. And the reason Mm -hmm. I say that is because, you know, I I work in social strategy, content strategy, and we work closely with the Twitter platforms. And so the way Mm -hmm. the relationship correlates with agencies and businesses to Twitter is that our brands are on there. They're mm-hmm. having discussions. There's ad dollars and spend and all of that. So just so that people that are not in the space could kind of understand um, why this is very impactful. And it, it goes even and covers the umbrella of tech in general because somebody had mentioned when the recession hits, for some reason, tech is one of the first industries to get hit hard. Maybe tech yeah. and finance, I would say for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. And so me and Ayana, you know, when we are planning discussions, we always want to come from a place of compassion and be responsible in in how we um, share our point of views. Of course, not censoring and sharing how we feel, but just understanding that we're a small microcosm in how all this operates and flows. So just putting that out there. And I say all of that to say as of October 27th, um, Twitter is officially owned by Elon Musk. And as of 9 a.m. today, November 4th, he has let go about 50% of the employees at the company. And so that- 9
0: a.m. PST, 12 p.m. EST.
1: Correct. So in California, it was 9 a.m. basically. Mm-hmm. And um, the way people have- found out about this was what makes this um, because, you know, people get laid off every day. Like I know how to do yeah. things very objectively. And I'm not saying like, Oh my God. Um, it's not that I don't not feel bad. I I do. I can find the compassion and people lose their jobs every day, but it's just the way this, they went about this situation one. And secondly, in the way Twitter and different um, social like even Facebook, like the way it's tied into our daily lives, mm-hmm. is is a different conversation to be had when these large waves of layoffs happen. Right, um, where in other situations, it's not that it's not as impactful; it just doesn't affect as much. Like the as wide as wide. yeah, correct. So. Yeah, and then you start realizing people in your circle who are directly impacted and how they lose their job. Like we are right now, like in such a sensitive time of year, it's the holidays. Yeah. It's always the worst to have layoffs
0: before a holiday season. Sure. And to your point, to have it happen so disheartening is is just. I think you know, like uh, add one to everything you said for sure. But like for me, I'm really like just. Um, as a person, I just feel just really bad for Mm -hmm. just the people there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like to have all of this turmoil since all of this has started and then to now be here. And even on like our feeds, you know, we are seeing people share their, share their, share things. And, and it's just, it's just, it just doesn't sit well. It just feels really bad. And it's like, and, and we both have people who work at, Twitter and so it just feels really bad, you know.
1: Yeah, it feels bad and it feels wrong, like in it's a, so I, wrong in how the integrity because one thing first of all when you get a chance for all of you guys listening, um look at the hashtag one one team mm-hmm. and the hashtag um the other hashtag is love where you work. These are both like coin hashtag Twitter um hashtag for employees of mm-hmm. how they like communicated and um connected across different teams and across the globe if you are an employee of Twitter. And so again when we try to bring up things that are a little bit more touchy and um could be controversial, I try to do my due diligence and make sure I, I come with like facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I give my opinion and i try not to go based off emotion but i did reach out to several people that i knew that worked at twitter and one of them just didn't resp- she told me she has no comment and so you know no response is a response like i i understand this a hundred percent but like the delicacy of I and mean, i respected that and then the other person was the one who told me to follow the hashtag um shout out to her she was um Super cool in, in just the conversation we had of of why she abstained from sharing any of her point of views. And I respect because she's somebody I respect on, on social media. And um, you know, we fellowship through the app, like sharing things, I like comment on things. Um, but I knew that she had mentioned not too long ago no longer working at the company. So it's like for people that don't really have their ground to the ear in this Kind of space, right? This has been going on for some time. This hasn't. This was just didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's but, been a buildup, and it's a buildup. And in retrospect, more things are gonna come to light of how this all unfolded and how it got here. Mm-hmm. But I think what it brings me because when you're not at the company and you're outsider looking in, you could just imagine. The chaos within of like any day I could lose my job now or like when would I lose my job yeah. or I'm not gonna lose the, my that job. anxiety is just it's insane and it's not fair. It's not, and it it just goes to say because when I looked at that hashtag um where I love to work, wait, am I saying it correctly? I I'm sorry. love where you work. Love where you work. One thing I, because it it can be that everybody feels the same way because I just. I, I can't bring myself to believe that I I don't even know how to bring it to words, but it just sounds like anybody would have loved to work that Twitter if they had the mm-hmm. chance, because the way that everyone in that hashtag has gone so hard for like, even defending, like just what has been created at Twitter. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know so many of us only wish to work at a company that, you know, values us, allows us to be creative, allows us to work with amazing, talented people where things are not like egocentric. And right. that's one thing I took away from like the commonality of all these people facing the same experience, but also saying how they would do it again and, and work at Twitter again if they could. Yeah. So that was very interesting to me. And now that's all torn apart. Everything that these people build, like, I know that in tech, there's so many sleepless nights. There's so mm. much demand. Like, it's a hard job, even though it's very fruitful. Is You put a lot on the line of what you sacrifice trying to make it in your career, whether that's moving up or just having um, a significant skill set for your next move. Right. And I know for a fact people sacrificed a lot and gave a lot. For someone to just, in a matter of hours, be able to just take it and tear it apart. And it's just like, you got to start from scratch. It's disgusting. It is, but it brings, highlights to a very valuable lesson of these jobs owe us nothing. And at what, to what point are we going to, like, I just feel like be proud of the work you did. It, it mattered when you did it, mm-hmm. but we can't get married to these things and think that they're gonna exist forever.
0: Yeah, no, I mean you're right, and and that and it's a constant lesson, right? It's constant because to your point, people get laid off every day. Right. Like it's not a, a new phenomenon
1: firsthand. So yeah. I, I know, like you know, layoffs suck, but I just feel mm-hmm. like it was in that lesson for me that it's just like. This you don't know when this day is gonna come. Like we mm-hmm. didn't plan a pandemic. Like we we didn't know. We had no clue. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was people who knew, but I'm talking about like the everyday people like us that are just like you know right. like, not like the economists who've been predicting this, correct, <laughs> or like people in politics that have yeah. information, information. Um, but it just teaches you like not not to not put all your eggs in one basket because I don't agree with like. Oh, doing mediocre mediocre work. Like I still feel like doing your best work wherever wherever you are, leave your 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 stamp, but also knowing that it's gonna come to an end at some point and and you be in control of what the next step is. Because I feel like so many people were met with like a sudden um, you know, catastrophe where they're like scrambling to some degree and if they didn't like Put their whole heart into just this and, you know, maybe it could have been a different outcome or people could have started getting prepared for mm-hmm. what
0: That's why we talk a lot on here about building your brand, you know, and what does that look like? And it's a continuous process. Like you, it doesn't matter where you are. You have to make sure that you are advocating for yourself. You are standing out for yourself. You are promoting yourself. You are connecting to your network. Like these things, you don't just stop these things. Like this is an everyday process. It is a flow because you want. God forbid, whenever something happens, whether it's bad or good, you want to be able to tap into your community. You want to be able for people to talk about you when you're not in the room. You want to be like you want these things to happen and it takes time. It takes cultivation. And Mm so you have to make sure that you are preparing yourself. I love to say stay ready so you don't got to get ready. Me too, Keep, just have your everything ready because you're whenever ready. it's time, okay, you're everything, your, everything like here you go. Like we don't even got to do nothing. You know what I mean? And and that's how like it's, it's it's sucky that like you have to like always be that way, but like it's going to only serve you in the future. Yeah. So you just got to do what you got to do. So just let this be a lesson for everyone in any capacity. Just make sure you're constantly building your brand. That is a 24-7 job.
1: Make sure you're doing it. Yes, correct. And so with that, we just want to say, like, we are curious. And just as you all who are listening um, are kind of the same, like, so what happens next? Only mm-hmm. time to tell. We shall see. Um, this is, you know, I I was telling Ayana how this is almost kind of like when the Internet took over the space and a lot of analog jobs went away with. And so, like, there's a new and evolution in in tech and technology, how we use it, how it'll be a part of our lives. So with every bad thing, I feel like also comes good things. Um, We just got to see where the chips fall where they may.
0: And just sending hugs to all of the people that we know and everyone we don't know at Twitter who is going through a really tough time right now. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who's listening and we're connected to, we are always open and down for like to help you connect with our network, recommendations, whatever you need. So please reach out, reach out to your community because people are here to help you. So you just got to like ask.
1: Yes. And the community is strong because let me tell you, I was looking again, I was in these hashtags heavy just... Because I'm, I feel like I'm very like in the social weeds, but sometimes I'm not in them like, like that. So I didn't understand the magnitude until me and Ayana spoke and we was like, what are we going to discuss exactly about this? Mm-hmm. And so when I started just seeing everyone's point of view and like how people were feeling, like one thing I will say is like the Twitter teams and, and departments at Twitter, like they really band together.
0: Yeah, people, they I do.
1: They really band together. So it's like there's something to be said for something like that to be created. Like, mm-hmm. I think it is a model. I feel like it can be a case study in college, Um even for how other tech companies model, you know, how things happen at Twitter. It, it's really interesting because yeah. everyone is speaking on it. So, again, I, I don't think... Everybody is saying something that's not true, right mm-hmm. Only time will tell, yeah, are, are you thinking of um, closing shutting down your your Twitter chance i don't
0: i I don't know how I feel as a member. Mm. like I don't know how I feel about that. I think that there's a lot of different things happening like when we start talking about everyone having the free speech and there's no control. That's like a a whole different layer now. Right. And so I don't even know how I feel about that. I mean, I also have my thoughts on, I have my thoughts on a lot of different things and I don't really know how I feel about it. I think I'm just right now just observing Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: seeing and seeing what happens. And I'm just focused on like the talent there Mm -hmm. and just trying and just like, just as a human, you know, just the inhumane way that this is going down, that doesn't sit well. So like,
1: I don't know. What are you thinking? Um, I think I haven't like thought to do away with it because I feel like it's going to still be integral in just how information is shared. Uh Um, Even, even before, like, you know how they say um, white Twitter, black Twitter, Mm -hmm. marketing Twitter, like there's different pockets of Twitter um, where spaces were created for certain subjects. So I still feel like there was um there's always been negativity on social. It's dependent how, on you, how you use it and what you're gonna use it for, and how I choose to filter what comes on my feed. Um That's I don't know. Point. To, yeah, so I don't know to what level I'll I'll still be able to control in that way, or are they gonna force right. me to see things I don't wanna see? Then again, I have to wait till I cross that bridge. But mm-hmm. as of right now, I still feel like it's helping me to stay in the know with certain information that I feel like is going to yeah. help me make decisions. It's things. an observation phase. I'm in an observation phase and just seeing how things... And I haven't been really um, adamant on Twitter. Like, I, I'm not there. So mm. I'm still even noticing what are the changes. Like, I don't know what immediately was done away with or what immediately has been implemented or removed um I know a lot of it is probably from the back end that we can't realize but as a user I don't know how I can affect it just yet you know aside from the free speech and how you can use it but so yeah I'm just observing just like you but I'm not gonna shut down my page just yet
0: yeah all interesting
1: Mm -hmm.
0: all right well um, that was, that was, that was a lot on Twitter. Um, I we had to take a short break.
1: <laughs> yeah, we will be great back.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Thanks for sticking around. We are back with Off The Record. So this is actually really sad. <laughs> we have a lot of sad things happening today, but we did want to give kind of a shout out, rest in power to Leslie Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, for I'm sure everyone knows by now the story of what happened, but he passed away in a tragic car accident and he was a really big, like deal a life. in the community. A life. Yes, I was. It was just like like everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like in my feed, like mm-hmm. I can't. And I'm just like, "Wow, this is
1: what? Wow i I was just like, "Wow." Yeah, it was. T- it was sudden. It was super yeah. Because he was such a joy, seemed very healthy. Yeah, which I think the car accident um, provoked maybe underlying conditions, but. Had it not been for the car accident, he would have been well and good as he has shown us. It it, it didn't seem like he was fighting any health, you know, concerns. Mm -hmm. But he was such a ray of sunshine. I feel like he really became top tier during the pandemic with his Mm -hmm. sketches and just all his comical ways and approaches to like things he saw on social media.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. I'm like, I just felt like I just saw him on The mass Singer. I was just
1: right, right. it was sudden confused. I
0: know, so that, that, um, that's just weird in that way. It is, you know, it's and and there's too many of them happening back to back. Rest in Power to Take Off that was also
1: sudden, sudden, and so avoid, uh, avoidable. That's what I'm just pierces in that one yeah. because it's just like. How are people so comfortable with taking someone's life? Like nothing. Like it's another day. Mm-hmm. Like we, we know that you cannot come back once you're, once you're killed, once you're de- like you die. like yeah. Don't come back. And so for people to see how so many people have lost oh. their lives over the years, like for nobody to, to take a step back and, and hesitate or be like, what am I doing? I don't know what you think in that moment. Unless you're, like, you know, protecting yourself from some some type of um, harm. But, yeah, it's really sad. It's sad for the hip-hop community, for the culture. Yeah. Um, the things that people bring up when it comes to hip-hop, like, the blame game of whose fault it is. Because I feel like when someone passes away, they, there's always a, f- a finger to be pointed at. Because people feel like someone needs to take the blame. And I feel like everybody needs to take accountability Um, for the messaging that they share, for our, just our society, because it's deeper than the music. The music is a reflection of the trauma and the burden that we face as a people. Mm -hmm. And so it goes a step back to like, who's not helping us get out of these situations. Thanks. Right.
0: What healing is not happening? What the growth is not happening? What does this look like? with the environments that we've been placed in, Correct. people have been placed in, the opportunities that are lacking. Or,
1: yes. I was going <laughs> to, I couldn't figure out the word. Yes. Yes. No, I get it. So it's just like, when we come from the backgrounds that we come from and have the experience that we have, I feel like for people like me and you, we can definitely, look at this situation with, like, a critical mindset and, like, critical Mm -hmm. thinking and that although there are rappers speaking about, you know, misogyny and, like, all these things that are hindering our community, like, again, it goes deeper to the root of the problem, which continues to not be addressed and continues to not be resolved. And this is going to continue to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's disheartening. It's just, it's sad. Like a life is not cavalier and it just, it's just sad. So these were two sad things that recently happened. So just we're holding the families in prayer and just everyone because lights that have been taken far
1: too soon, you know? Yes. But hopefully legacies that will continue to live on forever.
0: Right. Right. Speaking of legacies, that was actually a good little transition. Speaking okay. of legacies, um, so Black Panther, I'm so hyped about Are you go and watch well, it. I already got my ticket. Oh, okay, you're ahead of me. I need to get it. It comes out the 11th, right? Yes, I'm not seeing it in full transparency. I'm not seeing it on the 11th because I actually have to go to a wedding, but I do have my ticket for the weekend of, and I you know, I don't do regular movie theaters, so. Doing yeah. an IMAX experience? I have to do my iPick pick experience. I, like, I need
1: comfort. <laughs> yeah. bag, have your snacks and your drinks. Exactly.
0: But I'm hype. I'm so hype. And so in that lane, um, you know, Rihanna, she dropped um, the sing- a single for the soundtrack. And it was a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. And mm-hmm. it's Lift Me Up. And it was written by Thames. Such a beautiful and, Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. At first, I had to listen to it a few times. Mm-hmm. To see how I felt about it, but I I love the tribute behind it, and, yeah. and like, obviously I love like, Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, you. Like
1: for me, it was like because I know it was associated directly to the yeah. movie, it made sense, and so that's how I received it. I think if it was a standalone, it would have took me a little bit of back that like this is the song that she's coming out with from not coming out with music for so long, right? But I think this was um, a great initial like segue back in. It was a solid, it was a
0: solid drop. And um, to your point, like, I can see this rolling. First of all, like, fun
1: fact, I love soundtrack
0: <laughs> singles.
1: Me too. Me too. I'm a fan <laughs> of, of soundtrack music, period. Like, hey, me I too. Know, and, um, Raising Canaan, they are winning S- in the sound. Such
0: a, such a, first, an Insecure soundtrack was always lit. Really? But yes, Raising Canaan, yes. Really, really good, right? Yeah. I'm like... I just love musical scores, but um, I like, can see this running, job, guys. By the way, I know, I know, I can see this like in a credits, like I can see this as like close out, like it just if it was so fitting mm-hmm. the song, and so, um, sh- you know, shout out to everyone who worked on this for such a great collaboration, and obviously for a tribute because this is a legacy. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I don't think we can never think about Black Panther and not think about the legacy.
1: You know, and the story and like. Um, how proud, like, young kids and people mm-hmm. of color just have, like, come together to celebrate it. It's really a celebration.
0: It's powerful. And even, like, and just, like, the fact that, like, people wear white to the theater are going to wear white to the theater. It's like there's always something. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's such a, yeah, it's such a, it's a movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it it's a movement. I love it. Um. So speaking of Rihanna, not to keep bringing her up, she just she just happened to be doing a lot of things in a while. <laughs> like, it's just what it is. We got to report on what the people want to know. Okay.
1: Well, you want to know. Okay.
0: So, Rihanna, well, you, you're going to watch this too, Delilah, because – I told
1: last, wasn't I? Didn't I watch one of them at your house? <laughs> yes, you were the one who put me on to them because I was late to one and then we caught up and then we watched the other one. So now I, this is like an annual thing. Yes.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Rihanna is dropping Savage Fenty um, show volume four. It drops on Amazon on November 9th. So everybody tune in. She also just launched activewear for Savage Fenty because she keeps rising mm-hmm. and the show is. I feel like she always tops her shows, she and so the
1: themes of them—I'd be so obsessed. I'm oh, like, it's warm. a, it's a, it's a production.
0: It is a production, and so this year entertainers include Anita Burner Boy and Maxwell, hey,
1: <laughs> and then off the freaking shelf.
0: Okay. And then featured appearances by Cara Delavine, Joan Smalls, Marseille Martin, Shirley Ralph, and Taraji P. Henson.
1: Whom we love. We are a fan
0: of. It's going to be dope. So tune in. Just wanted to call that out because, you know, we got to support our girl. And then in the lane of new music, have you heard any of these new songs,
1: D? Um, I think I heard Shirt. I just didn't like. Listen, listen. I feel like I heard it in passing, and I haven't heard the Chloe song with Lotto. But I did listen to, and I haven't listened to it in its entirety. But Drake just dropped his collab album with Twenty One Savage, and it's a re- a problematic ass book.
0: No comment.
1: Yeah, no so comment. I hate. I, I'm. I love Drake, but I'm just like, damn. Why you gotta do my girl like that? Like, what? I don't understand why you need to mention people that that they don't they don't even like. He's salty. He's yeah. sad. Like, I just don't. But it was kind but, of. Because two, two, one thing I will always stand ten toes on is that two things can be true at the same time. He was not ten toes. Toes. <laughs> yeah, ten toes. Ten down. He's whack <laughs> as fuck for that. But I, I love Drake as an artist.
0: Yeah. Um, I be having my moments with Drake, but as an artist, like, I like his music. Yeah,
1: like, it's for music, the most part. like what you stands for, I, I don't be rocking with it because it's just like you don't say much. You're not in the public eye. You don't do interviews. Like we can only go by like the music and how mm-hmm. you say yourself or or certain um, underlying messages that you try to message without overtly stating. Right. But so we can tell what your stance is and it'd be corny.
0: I can't. But in the lane of new music, um, SZA dropped a new single called Shirt shirt off I think and then it's off of her upcoming album and then also Chloe has a new song featuring Lotto for the night. I've listened to both. Um I actually really like Chloe and so I'm yeah, I do root hello. for her. <laughs> I root for her. And Sissa hasn't dropped an album in a while. So yes, I definitely
1: going to go and listen. There's a lot of new music that dropped actually so.
0: And I feel like music a lot of music is always dropping around like this time mm-hmm. like the holidays and like the the winter. Mhm. Mhm. All right. So now we got to switch gears into our topic of the moment. It's crazy because we've had mad stuff to talk about. And we actually have not even gotten to like double down on the topic yet.
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: But here we go. Mm-hmm. So we said at the top of the episode, the name of this episode is Permission to Brag or Not." Nah. The reason why this came up is because um, actually I saw well, it's come up a lot in like careers and life, but I actually saw a recent article or someone posted something on my feed, one of my feeds about um not just being like about them sharing their work or like making sure you have your receipts. And I always talk about this too, right? right. But then it was like a conversation of like, when, when do you, when can you brag and when can you not brag? And is, is bragging even the right term, right? Like, is it a humble brag or are you just like a braggy person? What does that look like? like so me, bragging
1: comes with some negative connotation around it. It, doesn't it mean, does, but right. like, should it? You could change the perception, the, the perception or the meaning. I feel like if you're not going to brag on you, who will? And you would hope that people are because like what the point you made earlier is about, you know, building networking and community that when you're not in the rooms, there's people advocating on your behalf. Like to me, that is some that's that's powerful even more than you bringing on yourself, the people who's going to speak on you when you're not there. But it starts that's- with some knowing what you do. And the only way they're going to know what you do is if you speak on who you are and like what what you've accomplished.
0: All right, so let's keep that in mind. Let's talk about this article that you shared with me because Delilah recently shared an article from Girl Boss. I don't know how many of you are on Girl Girlboss were on the platform. We tune in. Mm-hmm. Um, but their newsletter every day, they pretty much send out. This latest article was quietly winning on your own. And so when we were talking about this, Delilah kind of brought this up and there was some really interesting, I thought there was some interesting points in there. Mm-hmm. I did kind of pull out like a little bit of a little context. So I'll read this. There's a similar concept that's introduced in the book Radical Candor by Kim Scott about how there are the superstars and the rock stars, so two different groups, at work. If you're in the rock star mode, you're a force of stability in your team. You're happy in your current role and you're most ambitious outside of your 9 to 5. You don't feel the need to go above and beyond, and you're cool with that. Superstars, on the other hand, are all about wanting new opportunities, being a change agent in the workplace, and finding ambition, purpose in their job. Today, we're speaking to all of the rock stars. So they're talking to the people who aren't the braggy type, who aren't those change agents.
1: Mm-hmm. What do
0: you think about that?
1: That's really interesting. And I don't think that there's a problem with being in any any of the groups. Mm-hmm. I think it just all depends where you are because... Let's say you're about to go on a maternity leave or, um, I don't know, you're pivoting. You may step back to kind of, like, analyze. And so you're not going to go above and beyond. You will do your work and and show up and present yourself. And then there's people that, like, I think they need to do more if if they're trying to get to the next phase in their career. So you kind of naturally have to, like, show that you deserve it, especially if you're competing with other people who may want that spot as well. So like, Mm -hmm. how are you going to um, outdo that person? And it's only by either taking out more projects or, you know, being strategic, it doesn't mean you have to burn out. And so I think this is super interesting, especially in the whole burnout culture, right? Because lately, there have been talks of like, doing what I came here to do nothing more, nothing less.
0: Right, like that quiet quitting type of
1: flow, mm-hmm. and so I, I think it's a personal. It's personal for each person on how they approach this, what they feel they want to do. Um, what I think is challenging for me is it depends on what the work culture is like for because some of this could become toxic, mm-hmm. or um, it can have you overlooked, right? Mm. Because if you're not like the one raising your hand all the time and not being the pick me. Then do you not matter? Correct. And so, again, aside from it being a personal choice, I think it also has to do with the culture of the company and how they operate. And are they like putting carrots in front of you to make people, you know, do things. That's
0: a really good point. No, I like that you said that. That's a that's a great point, especially for anyone listening because work culture is super important, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do you thrive in it? Then there's so many different types. So I think yeah. that's applicable. I think for me, when I was, I've been sitting with this, and what I think too is both can be true, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can be a rock star and a superstar at different points in your life. Mm-hmm. Even in the same point of life, at different times. And so I think about that because, like, as you elevate in your career, yes. like, for example, I knew that there were times in my life when I was probably a superstar, not in the same way. but, like, you know, I was definitely trying to make sure that I was moving up, doing doing certain things. But then I also know that there were times when I was a rock star in those same roles where maybe I had counterparts that probably, it was probably their moment maybe they needed to Mm. to have this project they needed to do that and I could support yeah Yeah. like because in order to be a good leader you also need to be a good follower right and so like every moment doesn't need me to be at the the head of everything Mm. but that doesn't mean I'm still not shining either
1: Ooh, that is that is very true I like that and again and to your point depending on the project it's like understanding what's your skill set like yeah. in this aspect, am I going to thrive, or in this aspect, am I going to be the one absorbing? Because yeah. then, in the next phase, I can be and step out and be at the forefront because of what I learned and how I showed up in this situation. So yeah. I, I think it's a roller coaster ride in in so many different variable like variables that change of where you work, where you are in your career, um, how like what is it that you want to accomplish. So it, it's definitely um, shedding light and having those conversations and how are, how are you getting managed, right? Because if you're not getting like motivated, if you don't understand what motivates you, you may get put in this box and that was not even what you wanted. Right. So we're going to get back a little bit to this because
0: I have some more questions about this for you. And we also have a question too from the community, but we do need to switch gears a little bit and talk about hashtag obsessed with, and this kind of fits a little bit because this is someone who has had different evolutions throughout her career, right? Rockstar and
1: a superstar, I'm sure.
0: Yes. So mm-hmm. Valisha Butterfield, who you, who you talk about often
1: mm-hmm. as Which well. I, I follow her on Instagram and just, you know, she... She's one of those people that s- speaks when like it's something important to say. She's not mm-hmm. really here for the fluff, but like her moves are boss moves, power moves, um, and she has a lot of impact in the tech space. And it, it's just been cool to see. I don't know her personally, but I know people that do know her personally. And as just a woman, a black woman, um, somebody in the C-suite, um, she's definitely somebody that like is inspiring. So I can
0: share a little bit about her for people who don't know. So Valicia recently exited as co-president of the Recording Academy to return to Google as VP of Partnerships. And she was formerly at Google as um, Global Head of Inclusion. Mm-hmm. Prior to Google and the Recording Academy, she worked at HBO Sports as a National Youth Vote Director for Obama for America and was national executive director and SVP of Rush Communications, the Hip Hop Summit Action Network. She is also co-founder of Women in Entertainment Empowerment Network. And what I love about her is the intersection of her worlds. Like she's been very much in d partnerships, entertainment, and like you said, tech and kind of where all of that meets. And it's cool to see like her evolution kind of still ties in all of those things. Yes. And
1: she's very, very heavy on cultivating and helping um, nurture the next wave of people in media in different yeah. assets. And that's where um, the Women in Entertainment Empowerment Network, um, it, that's the work that they do. Like, so it's all about the youth and just putting people in positions of opportunity.
0: So very cool. So shout out to Valisha. She has not been a guest on the pod yet, but hopefully we can get her on. But she is our hashtag obsessed
1: with for this episode. Yeah, so go follow her, check her out, and see the work that she's done. And her father's actually in politics, which is really awesome as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, fascinating, like, her world and kind of, like, all the things that she knows and how she Mm -hmm. kind of, like, applies it. her. It's just, she's very cool. She, like Delilah said, she's boss. (laughs) Yeah, she really is. All right. So getting into let's talk about it. um, We want to talk a little bit more about this topic, but we do have a question from the community, as we like to say. So the question is, hey, NCG, I struggle with self-promotion. Oftentimes, I forget to promote my work to others, and other times, I hesitate. What fear that I will come off too boastful? I was wondering if you had any tips on how I can better navigate this in my career, and what has your experience been to date? So it's a loaded question. It
1: is. So, my experience is that I learned that when I am trying to, I feel like as we continue having experience and having different jobs, you get better and better at telling your personal narrative mm-hmm. of what you bring to the table, how your skill set applies. And so, when it comes to you know, self-promoting, you you definitely need to practice that as a muscle because it really will determine your next opportunity mm-hmm. if you know how to convey it really well to the person that you're telling. So I've learned in jobs, one of the first things I do is when I log into my email, I create a folder and I it's the brag folder. And any email that's sent about work that I've done that was great, anything that I have, I've accomplished... Um, any win, any um you know, KPIs, whatever it is that I know that's gonna help me to put my story together and help like um, strengthen it is gonna go in that folder because we don't realize how much we do, especially if you've been in a job three, five years, like mm-hmm. so much gets brushed under the rug that when it comes time to like you sitting with yourself and reflecting, like what would i what did I do when I got here? And since then, that um, brag folder is going to help remind you, like, you are that girl. You are that guy. You did Okay. That. You that person. Okay? okay. Yes.
0: I love that you said that because, um, you know, we all about brag folders here or whatever you want to call it. Brag folders, your receipts, your kudos, whatever, whatever works for you. Your I, own portfolio. Yes. After every job, like. I agree with you 100%. Um, so I do the same thing at every job as well, um, what, and whatever form that looks like. But it's really important. I think um, here's a question for you though. Mm-hmm. When do you think you got comfortable doing that? Like, can you pinpoint a moment or a specific yeah. like, level in it your career? Was,
1: it was more so like at the dawn or at the brink of applying for a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. and job because now you have to update your resume to tailor for this role, and now you're trying to pick and choose what skills and what things you've done that pertain to this role. And sometimes I would find myself stuck. Like, but if I see everything that I did, then it makes it easier to understand what skills are transferable. So it, it became in that process that I really took a uh, like habit to do so, and as I continued doing so as I applied to opportunities or even in networking and introducing myself and letting people know what I do, it became so much more easier because I these things were a top of mind because I had a place to look at them and and know what I did. It wasn't something that I had to like, oh, I forgot that I even did that. I'm always reminded because it's in this place. So it was at the brink of like searching for new opportunities and roles to be honest. I love that you said that. And so,
0: yeah, I agree. So going back to our um, question here, Mm -hmm. I think that there is like I completely understand where she's coming from. Um, I think we've all faced this in different capacities, but to everything you said and just kind of like listening out so she's clear, definitely getting comfortable with your story and who you are and being intentional about that is is number one and important. Like you are the only person that knows all the work that you put in. You're the only person that knows what you do. And so you need to make sure that you're able to tell everyone else that story in whatever way that looks like. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of telling it, It doesn't always have to be um, a brag moment, right? But you are able to kind of communicate that in different ways. Maybe it is on social media. Maybe you do want to tap into like some type of engagement post or just share something about what you've done. Maybe it is in your circle of friends. Going back to our earlier point, maybe you do want to share highlights of like all the work that you do and your friends know. Because again, they need to advocate for you in rooms that you're not in and they won't be able to do that if they actually don't know what you do. So you want to make sure that people are aware of that, they're clear about that, and you're clear about that. But then the third thing is having those receipts, having that, blo- that brag folder, having whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. I love to say receipts because I think for me, I didn't know that I wasn't comfortable with bragging or sharing my story as much as I do now until I was in a toxic environment that forced me to do that. And mm-hmm. the reason they forced me to do that is because I was getting tired of everyone feeling like they were doing the work that I was doing. Right, right, and getting the shine for it, and so I had to figure out how was I going to communicate this. How was I going to tell them? No, this is what I've actually done, and this is what I do. And so that it was like a force, but not at the same time because it helped me get comfortable. But like, if you don't share your story, nobody will know, and nobody will care. Exactly. And so every opportunity I get, I'm I'm constantly sharing. Like it's to the point where I feel confident to know that like people are clear about who i am like yes. from what they see my messaging on social my messaging in life is very consistent like you can tell who i am and how i'm showing up but that was a process yes. and and to your earlier point i had to get clear about what my narrative was going to be so i think that all of those things together
1: is worthy of bragging absolutely and i do want to add in even two more things one is that sometimes we think that what we do is is not like a grand gesture or is like mm-hmm. not super important because the people that we are around doing it are doing it too and they're experts but someone who's not in our field who doesn't understand what our what our work is like will see that as valuable because it's something that they can't do right so it's worth like mentioning and bringing up because sometimes i feel like the same thing when we do with social, like, oh, there's too many people doing this type of work, so there's no space for me in it. But all those people have different clientele, different um, pockets of expertise. Like, you you can't touch every bucket. Like, you you know, there, there's a lot of work out here for all of us. Like, we can all... Right. Eat. No
0: one's going to tell it the way you do it anyway. But you know what? A lot of people, and you and I have had this issue for a long time in the past, a lot of people have issues considering themselves an expert in anything. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing, right? Like you don't think you're an expert, so you actually are not going to come off that way. You're not going to actually share what you do because you think everyone else around you is the expert, whatever that
1: means. (laughs) Right, right, right. And then the other thing I was going to say that I feel like one thing I've become annoyed with in networking or just getting to know people that- I wish more of us would do away with is beginning in conversation with what you do or where you work. Mm -hmm. It's tacky as fuck. I think it brings no real premise to you really trying to get to know me, Delilah, as a person, because tomorrow I can be a social content strategist at X company, but that doesn't define me because the next way I can no longer be there, but I'm still Delilah at the core. Somebody who shows up, who's responsible, hard worker, like, So I feel like being around people that have common interests, that we, you know, we vibe because we have the same taste in drinks. We like to shop at the same place. Like getting to know me as a person, I think it's more valuable for um, growing my network than just it being always like career led, career focused.
0: But it goes back to growing, how to grow your network and how to actually network properly, right? Like a lot of people can walk into a space. I mean, and granted, this is evolving for sure, especially with the digital networking marketplace, right? You know, but
1: you need to do I'll do or, or who's better? On that. Yeah, are you gonna not talk to me because I don't do the type of work? Like, what does that constitute exactly? You having to know what what my level and skill set, and I feel like. This is where that toxic like environments get created because it's like people are trying to know what you do so they can see what they can gain from
0: you. It's very opportunistic, awesome. it's very like elitist. And that's why when I oftentimes when I've gone into networking events, I'm always trying to like think about or t- talk to people in a different way. You know, like uh, my favorite thing is to connect over food, right? Like mm-hmm. oftentimes in networking events, I'm actually standing by the food. And Me? so that's an easy, easy win. <laughs> it's Like, Don't try that mac and cheese. It was not that good actually. Also like, did the waiter come out yet?
1: <laughs> right right well, i love what you're wearing where to get that
0: top right from? like it doesn't have to be it's like i mean i think a lot of people just need to learn how to be human first and i think that's hard okay. <laughs> so
1: like we already know we have this networking event because we're all professionals uh, right put that out the way so it's like what more are we bringing yeah. other than those things about ourselves and i think we need to start being more comfortable and stop being so freaking awkward
0: Yes. And in the same lane of comfort, get comfortable with who you are and get comfortable with bragging or whatever the word looks like for you. If you need to change the word from bragging, change it to whatever you need. Give yourself the permission to let people know what you do, who you are, how you show up. And it doesn't just have to be work. It's what you do, right? Like you, if you're great at volunteering and you want to put that out, put that out there. If you're great at creating, do that. But just get comfortable about showing who you are in authentically, like authentically show that because and there's a they, lot of people. Sorry, there's a lot of people being inauthentic.
1: Oh, okay. But those will always come to light, like because it's it's but so long because it's seeing something that's yeah. not real. So sure. Um. What I was going to say is that if you find yourself feeling challenged and not under, like, because this is something that you have to kind of sit with. It doesn't mm-hmm. just show up of who you are and, and what you want to um, kind of share with the world in your gifts. Um, something as simple as asking, like, close friends and family members, hey, what are three words you describe me as? Or mm-hmm. what are three things that you would come to me for? And gather all that information and see where the themes come in. I know that I am the connector. I, I am the connector. I bring people together who have certain skill sets that I know can work magic. I'm the person um, that has the T and the N when it comes to anything social media, when it comes to like what people come to me for. And so you start seeing that within that, because since it comes so simple to us, we often overlook it. But these are the things that are actually, like, our value points. Yes, your value prop, 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: no, I love that. The great tips. Um, And like you said, exercise. You have to exercise Mm -hmm. this. And it's something that... You're going to have to do throughout your career, throughout your life. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you just do this exercise now and then all of a sudden it's good. We evolve. Change is the only thing constant. Every, we evolve as people. So the more you evolve, the more that will change. And you will have to constantly do this self-auditing to figure out what does that look like for you? And how do you like share your story and and get comfortable with that? So it's a journey.
1: Absolutely. And we all on it. Together. We all on it. Listen, I'm there. We're all there. <laughs> i really mean that said that, like, we're all on a journey together, but separately. Mm-hmm. So we all have different places we're going. Yeah.
0: Well, I hope that helps, um, friend to the brand. Um, <laughs> was it was, it was. And great answers always. Um, always love kind of like digging into like our past and kind of how we got here. So that's always cool. Yes, and
1: the title was "Permission to Brag
0: or Not," and we are giving you
1: permission. So brag on,
0: brag, brag on. On that note, we are so out because we're so over our time. You know, we like to keep this short. You
1: know to listen <laughs> the whole thing, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Thanks for tuning in to Non Corporate Girls Podcast. We're headed back into our nine to fives, but equally giving time to our five to nine. I'm Delilah, and you can follow me at Miss Delilah C on all social media platforms.
0: And I'm Ayanna. Follow me at the underscore Ayah underscore brand. Don't forget to follow the podcast on all socials at non corporate girls and tune into the latest episodes on your favorite streaming platform.
1: In the meantime, embrace non corporate, where the nine to five and five to nine meet.